Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Journey, the Field of Hope, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on April 21st, 2019. See, that's why we look to the cross. I want you to look what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29 because this is an important, important statement that God makes to us. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I want you to listen to this very closely and I want you to hold on to this passage because I think it's reflective of the rest of the passages we're gonna look at here in Jeremiah in just a moment. And to answer that question, have an understanding of that God has a promise for you. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So this morning, what I'd like for us to do is, is to just talk a little bit about this promise of hope. See, God's promise is just that. It's a promise that brings hope into our lives. And it gives us something to look forward to, something to wake up every morning and say, God, thank you for that promise. Is today the day? Is today that moment? Well, if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes with me, and then we'll read the passage together. Father God, we come into your presence this morning rejoicing and celebrating for this day that you've given us. Easter Sunday is a day that we celebrate the the resurrection of your son, the victory that you claimed over death. Father, the victory that you've given us over death. Father, Jesus showed us so much, not only in his birth, but in his life. And as he took those steps to fulfill and do the plans that you had for him, Father. And so I pray that this morning that, that we would be reminded of your promise for us. Father, that you would speak to us and that you would use your word to show us that you have so many great things in store for us. Father, that you have given us your word so that we might know you that much more. And your word is so full of your promises. These are all reminders that point us to eternity. Point us to the things that we should know about who you are and who Jesus was and who Jesus is and the hope that you're offering us today. Father, I pray that you would just open our hearts, open our ears so that we might listen and be attentive to your word. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to look at Jeremiah chapter 32 and we're going to look at verses 37 through 42. It'll be up on your screen and it's in your notes there. But uh, let's read that together and then we'll look at God's promises for our lives. Starting in verse 37, he says, Behold, I will gather them from all the countries to which I drove them in my anger and in my wrath and in great indignation. I will bring them back to this place and I will make them dwell in safety and they shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all of my soul. 
For thus says the Lord, Just as I have brought all this great disaster upon this people, so I will bring upon them all the good that I promised them. See, in this passage, God reveals to us several promises that point us towards the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. See, these are promises from God. And the first promise that we see is a promise of a home. If you look at verse 37, he says, Behold, I will gather them from all of the countries to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath and in great indignation. I will bring them back to this place and I will make them dwell in safety. See, when you think about eternity, when you think about what lies ahead, there is a home that awaits every one of us. See, eternal life is something that, that we should take very seriously. You know, I had a gentleman this morning even tell me to, that today is the beginning of forever. See, sometimes we live our lives like today is the only day. We don't think about what forever means and, and how forever is coming. What God is reminding us and pointing us here in these few little verses is he says that the people may be scattered, but I'm going to bring them all back to me. And one day, Jesus Christ will return. Jesus Christ will come back for his people and he'll gather us all. And he'll take us home to be with him. What a beautiful promise that is. So I hope that this morning that you understand this promise of God's, God's plan, that, that he has this home for you, that he's preparing for you in eternity. I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. He says, and after you have suffered for a little while, I want to pause right there because I want to ask you, have you, have you suffered? Have, have you been through a tough moment? Have you experienced maybe some of these things that, that they shared with us this morning in this presentation that they had? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I know I have. I know I've suffered for a while and sometimes not just a little while, for sometimes it's too long. There's moments when I wonder, where is God and why isn't he here? And why do I have to go through these moments? Why do I have to experience all of these things? And then he continues to say this. First Peter 5.10, he says, The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Listen to this part. He himself will restore, confirm, and strengthen and establish you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? You may not experience all of that in this life. But I promise you that God is preparing you a home where you will experience all of that. You'll experience his peace in a way that you'll never experience here on earth. You'll experience joy in heaven the way you'll never experience it here on earth. And he just simply tells us, after you have suffered for a little while, trust in the goodness of my grace. Trust in the hope of the resurrected Christ. Use it as a reminder of the promise of eternal life. And this life is given to those who know Christ, who believe. See, in James chapter 1, verse 10, it said, blessed is the man. And the translation for blessed is just simply happy. Happy is the man who remains steadfast under trial. 
For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. See, God's promise to those who remain hopeful, it's promises to those who love him. I want to ask you a question. Are you hopeful for eternity? Do you think about eternal life? I want to kind of put a a little bit of a warning here so that we are all clear on this, that, that all of us will live eternally. See, God created us to live eternally. Our bodies might be temporal, but our souls are eternal. And God's desire in his deep love for us is that we would dwell with him in eternity, that we would live with him forever. That we would be in his presence continually in this life and in the afterlife. I want to ask you, do you live as if this is all there is? Well, I want to encourage you this morning to think about that question, to ask yourself, am I hopeful for eternity? Am I hopeful for the promise of a home that God has given me, that he's offered me through Jesus Christ? Well, however you answer that question, we all need to know that God has given all mankind the promise of his love. Do you know that that God loves you? I want you to listen to what he says here in verse 30 and 39 in our passage, Jeremiah. God says, And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for their own good and the good of their children after them. See, this is a small snippet of of God's love for his people for all mankind, because he wants us to know him. He wants us to understand this love that he is offering us. See, knowing that God has offered us all eternity, it isn't enough to bring us to a place where we would just simply love him. See, eternity isn't simply enough to to move us to a place to, to love God. See, what we have to do as a people is we have to get to know God and understand the depth of this love that he offers each and every person, all of mankind. The person sitting next to you, the person that you do life with, your coworkers, the ones that you don't really love very much. See, God has a love for them. God has a promise for them. See, it's because of this love that you and I will receive eternal life. It's because of the intimacy that God created for man. See, God wants to be intimate with us. And as we grow to understand who this God is, as we open up his word and begin to understand the depth of this love, this pursuit that he has for for man and how he created us and how he loves us, our love will grow deeper for him. You know, I, I know it's going to sound silly, but I love my wife. <laughs> I do. I love my wife. But I, I'll tell you, when, when we first met and we first started hanging out, I didn't love her. <laughs> she didn't love me. We liked each other. We had a desire to kind of get to know each other. 
You know, we did things to, to show kindness and offer and to give to one another. But, but we couldn't really say that, that we loved each other. So, but what happened over time is that we began to understand each other's character. We began to understand the beauty that was created within each one of us. And as we discovered that, those were the moments we began to love each other. See, it's no different than our relationship with God. As we, as we move towards a more intimate, personal, deep relationship with Him, as we see the depth of his love and all these wonderful things that God offers us and gives to us, and it's not just simply because we are given, but it's simply because of the love that he offers us that we begin to love him back. You know, Jesus himself tells us the, the greatest thing that we can do is to love God with our hearts and our, all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of that we are. He says that is the greatest commandment. And he says, you know what? If you do that, then you'll love your neighbor. If you do that, you'll love your mom, you'll love your dad, you'll love your kids. And I'll tell you, you'll love them in a way that you've never loved them before. They'll feel that love, they'll begin to understand that love and they'll love you back and they'll love others in that same way. See, because it's a deep, intimate type of love and God promises us this love. You know, the Bible teaches us faith, hope and love, but the greatest of the three our love. The Bible teaches us that, that God is love. Many of us have heard the, the 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage, what it looks like, what love is and what love does. Well, what love is, is God. And what love does is it pours out upon us through his grace and his mercy and through the love of his son. And it shows us how much he loves us and cares for us. I love the fact that when Jesus came, that Jesus prayed to God. I love the fact that, that Jesus prayed for you and I here today. I, I want to give you a little snippet of a prayer that Jesus prayed for you and I, and it comes out of the Gospel of John in chapter 17, verses 25 and 26. Listen to how Jesus prays for us to have the love of God. He says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. That the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Do you see the picture that Jesus is drawing for you and I? See, Jesus knows the love of God. Jesus knows the love of God because he's intimate with God. He's one with God. And because of the understanding of that love, Jesus' desire is that you and I might be in that same love, that we might take hold of that promise and allow God to love them, to love us. And then in Jeremiah chapter 33, Verse three, God says this, simply this. He says, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. You know, this brings a question to my mind and just simply that we have to ask is, how is our intimacy with God? How well do we know God? 
Are we spending time with him? Are we drawing deeper into a relationship with him? Are we seeking to discover and to know God? See, Jesus says it himself, I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known. Because Jesus understands the more that we know God, the more that we'll love him and the more that we'll let him love us. See, the truth is that it's up to us to move toward a deeper, intimate relationship with God. I can't move you there. Your wife or your husband can't move you there. Your kids can't move you there. Your parents can't. You have to move towards that relationship on your own. It's personal. It's intimate. And it's between you and God. But I would encourage you this morning to take the time to draw near to God and allow him to draw near to you. See, the moment that you start on this journey, the moment that you go on this journey of faith, you will begin to gain a greater understanding of all of God's promises and his promise to love you, his commitment to love you. And God is faithful in all things. Well, this brings us to our final promise for the morning. And it's just simply a promise of a future. Verse 41 and 42, God says this. He says, I will rejoice in doing them good and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought all this great disaster upon this people, so I will bring upon them all the good that I promised them. See, God is Father And as a father, he promises us to do some very specific things. See, God has a plan for our lives. He has a future for us. And even though he says here that he's allowed for his people to go through tough moments, to experience hard, hard times, he says he will be faithful to his promise. In his goodness and his grace, he will fulfill his promise. Now, I don't know about you guys, but there's days and there's moments when I, when I worry about tomorrow. Sometimes I, I don't understand what tomorrow might bring. Sometimes I struggle with the dynamic of I get to live today, but then there's tomorrow. Will I make it? Will I see it? What will happen? Because I, I understand that, that I'm not above anything, that, that hard times can come my way, good times can come my way. I don't control all of that. See, tomorrow is out of control. It's out of our control. But we can rest in the fact that we have the opportunity to follow the God that holds tomorrow in his hands. See, God has it under control. God has a plan for our future and he's promised us very specific things. 1 John 3, 2 says this. It says, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what will we be, what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when it happens, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. You know, this morning, it's kind of interesting how God works, but this morning I had a discussion with a gentleman and he was asking about, about um, basically reverence for God. And he was watching the, the Ten Commandments that they show every year, Charlton Heston. I don't know if the younger generation ever watches that one, but if you don't watch it, okay? 
us old people, we like it, you know. But he was talking about how, how Moses came upon the burning bush and how he just laid posture, how he couldn't even put his eyes upon God. It was hard for him to look upon the God that created the heavens and the earth. There'll be a moment in time for every one of us, Christian and non-Christian alike, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You may not believe it today, but one day you will believe it. I'm warning you today. I'm offering you this because of what we celebrate, because of why we're here because of what God has done for you and I and the promises that he's offering us. Bow today before him. Believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, God's promise for you today is eternal life. He's offering it to you. And he says, all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is put your trust in me and let me be the Lord of your life. Let me lead you down the path that I created for you, the future that I intended for you from day one. You know, there's a famous passage and we see it on the back of bumpers as bumper stickers. We see it on, you know, athlete's face, but we don't really think about the true meaning and the greater purpose and the promises that lie in this passage. And it's John 3.16. But I want to look at John 3.16 through 18. Listen to what he says here. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but take hold, I'm adding this part, but take hold of my promise of eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. See, it's his promise to you and for you. But the thing about a promise is this. You have to believe it. You have to receive it. You have to take hold of it. It's yours. It's yours. Will you pray with me? Father God, we come before you. And we know that you promised us so many things, Father. Father, we're here this morning because of your promises. Your word tells us and reminds us that that you created us with a specific purpose that you had our, our best interest in store, Father. And your greatest desire is to be intimate with us, to, to meet with us on a personal level, Father, to meet one-on-one with us and, and for us to, to know your love and to receive this love. See, this love that you offer us, Father, we, we understand this morning that, that it creates a hope. Father, that we can understand that that today is today, but it's not all that there is. That there's more to this life than what, what the world would tell us. More to this life than what we even think or could even begin to understand. 
But Father, this morning, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because of what has happened and transpired over these last three days, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior, Father, we understand that the only way that we can have life is through your Son, Jesus. Father, you said that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so this morning, we come into your presence seeking after that hope. Father, seeking after that way, seeking after that truth. And Father, seeking after the promise of eternal life. Right now, where you're sitting, I just want to ask you, do you have that promise? Do you know that you know that you know? I just want you to take a, a few moments as we bow our hearts and our minds and our lives to Jesus. Take a few moments. There's no special magical prayer. Just, just simply say, Jesus, I come into your presence and I acknowledge that you are Lord. I acknowledge that you are Savior. I acknowledge that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through you. And because of that, because of what you did for me, because of the promises that lay before me, I give my life to you. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. And I ask that you would restore me, that you would renew me, and that you would make me whole again. Father, we just praise you for your love and for your grace. Thank you for your promises this morning. And I pray that each and every day, 365 days of the year, Father, that we would be reminded of the promise of eternal life, the promises that you gave to us, each and every one of us. That I'd be reminded of the promises that you gave those that are standing next to me, those that sit next to me at work, those that, that do life with me, that, that I see at the mall, that I see in our community, Father, that, that you love them so much that you would send your only begotten son to die on a cross so that not only I could have eternal life, Father, but so that they could have eternal life too. Father, don't ever let us forget. Remind us. Father, we put our hope in you and we trust you. We believe in you. And we know that you are faithful in all things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.